Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. This is part two of Kim's birth story, bringing in her second little man, and it's so good. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, stop this right now. Go listen. Also, you're going to have to excuse my voice. (laughs) Uh, I've had a cold that is lingering, and so I sound terrible and... I took a week off and that's why you're getting part two in January. So speaking of going into January, I just wanted to thank every single one of my listeners. Thank you so, so, so much. This podcast is entering 2022 with 20,000 downloads. It is insane and bizarre and just so crazy to me that I would start this podcast two years ago and have 20,000 downloads now. It's just mind-blowing to me. So super excited. I'm beyond humbled and just really, yeah, excited. I don't know a better word for it to see what 2022 is going to bring. If you haven't left a review yet, it really does help this podcast continue to grow and reach new people, including super amazing guests. And if you love this show and find it helpful, I would also really appreciate monetary support by going to patreon.com slash empower birth podcast. I really couldn't do it without that support. And there is bonus content as well as video chats with me um, that happen monthly. So it really is a great way to get more connected to people as well as get more one-on-one input and coaching from me. But I truly do. I thank every single one of my supporters, both on Patreon and off, because I couldn't do it without you. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. It's been such a wonderful experience and and the transition of going, I've heard from so many people that the transition of going from one to two is challenging and it is, but it's not as hard as I thought. Like, It is challenging. It's not as hard as I thought. We've had to navigate some difficulties with my first son feeling like he needs to act out a bit more to get more attention. But also I've been doing a lot of personal just trauma healing from past experiences growing up that has really helped with just how I show up as a parent, Mm -hmm. both of them. And the other piece of that is like just being able to know how supported we are. Like I could have lived by a story that was like, oh my gosh, we're in a foreign country. We're all alone, isolated. And I was just like so many angels, so many amazing 
humans showed up and gathered around us to support us in that moment. And whether they'll be with us for like the rest of our lives, like the, the, I don't know, but I do know that, that they showed up in that moment and they gave their presence and that meant everything to me. And the other piece that I loved about my, my midwife was that the aftercare was so easy. Yeah. She, she came, she came to the house. Like I didn't have to go see her or go to a hospital or go anywhere. Like I just roamed around in my robe for like two weeks, just enjoying the process and talk about trust. Cause here's another funny part. My husband took a picture of me 16 hours after I gave birth and he was like, this is going to offend some people. And I was like, why? And he said, cause you're on your computer 16 hours after you gave birth. <laughs> And I had another gut instinct that I just needed to check my email. And my son would like Colton was asleep. The other one was uh, in bed. And I was, I just had a gut check that I needed to check my email. And that was the email that I found out that I was in the running for a TED talk. Wow. Same day. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. So like the divine timing of everything, it really it was so perfect. And the lessons that I learned of trust and of allowing for it to be, because when Colton was born, he was fine with breathing, but his little lungs, they didn't need extra support, like medically, they didn't need any medical intervention. But had I rushed it, had I said, okay, 40 weeks, like let's induce, his little lungs wouldn't have been ready. I, I know that in my gut and soul, because he needed that those extra two weeks to develop. And I talked to my mom after, after giving birth and she said, yeah, I was a 42 week baby. My first son was a 41 week and four days baby. Colton was 42 weeks and one day. So like, it's a, it's a genetic thing for my family to have a longer pregnancy. And just knowing that and knowing that like the fear of stories that people can tell you about, oh, scared of going after a certain arbitrary date. It really, I had to combat all of that societal programming to stand in my truth and trust my gut and trust my body and say like, no, this is, this is my children just take a little longer and that's okay. Like I wanted to take a little longer. And it was interesting because when I was doing, when I was pregnant, I did a breathwork session and I did, it ended up coming up all of the anger and frustration of being born before I was ready because I was a C-section baby. Oh. And the the memory of that, of being pulled out by my neck, which mm-hmm. I had had like uh, neck issues, the memory of that was still imprinted on my tissue. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't like being pushed before I was ready to like actually come out. And I was like, oh, I, I would have come. <laughs> and that was really the thing of like trusting my body and my baby to, to come in perfect timing. And that that was what was being birthed through me was really understanding that it is all happening and it is all happening for you. And I know, especially for new moms, like when I first became a mom, I had so much anxiety around it that I stayed in this contractive state for the, the, which is why my labor took so long, which is why it was so intense. I also had some beliefs around like that there was like honor and suffering for a certain amount of time and which I've since eradicated. Cause I just don't, I just don't. It's too anymore. much work to think that. It's too much work. <laughs> I'm like, I decided that my birth was going to be easy and holy moly. Like it was 
phenomenal. I felt so empowered. I did have a little bit of a sore neck, which I was grateful because I was on my all fours and my water burst naturally. And so I got to experience what that feeling was as well of your water bursting, like, and the baby getting ready to come out. Like that was, that was an experience that I didn't have because my water was broken for me. And so now like knowing that there was that trust between my baby, me, my body, and that relationship, that like divine relationship was so powerful to have that birth through me. And as, as I've told so many of my clients who are mothers, like you have been a portal, like your body has physically been a portal from the spiritual realm into the physical. Like yeah. if that does not say that you're freaking powerful, I don't know what does, <laughs> like, but you are so powerful. You're more powerful than you probably give yourself credit for. And like, if sometimes, especially during pregnancy, like I learned so much about myself and that's why I love having kids. <laughs> that's why I'm yeah. open to have more because it's like one of the best growth journeys. Over the course, after about three months after Colton was born, I started to have like depressive feelings again. And yes, I know that that's also part of a hormonal shift that happens around three months postpartum. But also my husband, talk about an amazing man who knows me sometimes better than I know myself. He looked at me and he had a gut hit, a divine download. And he said, you're grieving. And I said, for what? He said, Colton was in you for like 10 months. And he said, it's like it, that there was actually like a bit of a grief process that I was going through where I was grieving that, that internal connection and, you know, the quiet that comes from pregnancy <laughs> because yeah. you don't have a baby screaming at you. It's a little different one than they're outside of you and grieving what had been in order to allow and accept what was, which was my child currently going through leap number four, which was which was a tough one for us. Mm. What I refer to leap number four is I refer to the, the book, The Wonder Weeks, mm -hmm. that is like the saving grace of apps that I can just track when uh, my kids' stormy periods are. And oh my gosh, it's been an amazing tool for, uh, so if you're, if you're new, a, a new mom, definitely download that tool onto your phone. It will be such a game changer to be able to know when your kids' fuss, extra fussy weeks are. That's why I know that like Colton's having a bit of a rough go at this moment. It's helpful to know, man, you, you just have so many good things in here. I just love what you said about there's a difference between command and control because thinking back to like my birth experience, I mean, I learned so much during that too. And so much of it had to do with surrender, surrendering control specifically, but I was never out of command. So yeah. seeing that difference was, it's really fascinating. I love how you pointed that out. That was so good. So if there is one thing you can leave a mom who is maybe considering having a home birth is kind of on edge. She's unsure of if this is a decision that she should make. What is your advice for location and just encouraging her to I guess birth where she needs to birth. So a couple of things. If she's in Australia, yeah. One of the reasons I would give is because right now I just saw in the news today that because a whole bunch of doctors and nurses, like 8,000 nurses I know walked out and um, lost their job. And then a few, uh, I don't know how many doctors, but because of that, there's now a hospital staff shortage and they're hiring and bringing in students with the incentive to pay down their debt 
And so the, they will pay down the debt. They will like forgive the, the student debt if the medical students can come in. And I don't know about you, but I really would prefer to have someone who's been experienced and who's given birth. Granted, I my midwife had, <laughs> my midwife had given many, birth many times, but my doula hadn't. I thought my midwife would be there, but because she wasn't and it was my second birth, I probably would have been freaking out if it was my first birth. But that's very rare for that to happen. My midwife said that probably in maybe only 5% of her births has that ever happened where the where the mom gave birth before. But that is one of the the reasons why, because I, I would prefer to not have a student mm-hmm. <laughs> guiding me. And I'd prefer to have someone who had stood the test of time and done it a few times because the process of going through midwifery is intense and it's very specific on if you want to have a natural childbirth, your environment really matters. Yeah. And I am not one for feeling external pressure to abide by certain rules that there are perceptions and guidelines which are there for a reason. They're there to help people safe. Whatever safety means. Whatever safety means. Exactly. It's like, is that safe or is that what's uh, convenient for the doctor and within their realm of control? And that's something that the doctor is trying to control the environment also so they don't get sued. And that's one of the things when I signed with my midwife, she informed me that because she is a midwife, she is not allowed to carry insurance for that. So there's nothing like you can't sue them because they don't, there's no money to go after with that because that's how much Australia doesn't really do midwives. But I love midwives. I was hesitant to have a home birth because my first birth had been in a birthing center. So I did like the idea of going to some place. And yet that idea was smashed because I didn't, the only place that was a birthing center was the hospital that I could go to. And I didn't want that. And then the other piece was with, with a midwife and having a home birth, you get to create the environment. And so I had this idea for what I wanted my environment to be like. I wanted a lot of plants around me. I wanted a lot of crystals, like a nice romantic lighting. And that's that's what I had, not necessarily exactly how I wanted it because I had I ended up giving birth in my own bathtub, not in like the birthing <laughs> pool area. But just a, a lot, like there will be no greater lesson of trust and surrender that is birthed through you than giving birth to a baby in your own home. Yeah. and the ability the if you surrender to the process of of learning your body knows we've been giving birth as women forever so you like it's also a generational like there's a generational imprinting that happens where we remember because our bodies know because we were birthed from a woman we were able to give like and and that the lineage of birth continues and you get to decide what your birth story is. And it's up to you. Like whatever you choose to do is a hundred percent. Okay. And I just want to validate your choice. Just make sure it's your choice rather than the conditioning and programming of what it's supposed to look like. Cause Hollywood does not give you an accurate representation. My first birth was also, I, we had a Netflix film crew there for the show being dad, which was following us. And the way that some of they had framed me to a degree in the first episode was like the weird woman who wanted to give birth in a 
natural childbirth. And that's fine because I understand that they did it for the, the enhancement of the story. And I'm okay with being the weird one. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the weird, right? (laughs) You've got to embrace the weird. But like, why is that seen as abnormal? Mm -hmm. And like, that's why I love podcasts like yours, Ali, and just being around different viewpoints of what normal do you want to create for yourself? I'm so grateful for my dear friend, Abigail Reagan, who has was a midwife for 25 years. She was a Pilates client of mine years and years ago. And it was because I knew her for those years that I was teaching Pilates that she just exposed me to a bit more information that doctors aren't getting. Like one of my girlfriends, she had a breech baby home birth. And it's just because that that style of birth is not taught in medical school that they just stopped doing it. But she found the one doctor who was able to to do that. And that to me, being with a midwife who is skilled at having a natural, at doing natural childbirth, because that's what she specializes in. That's like her whole jam is natural childbirth. That's some versus someone who is trained in both natural childbirth, but also C-sections. It really is. It's just a different experience. I love the education that midwives provide. Like every midwife I've been to has provided me with heaps and heaps more education about birth, about my body, about the natural processes than I've ever received from any OBGYN or gynecologist, like any gynecologist in over since I was 13. Like just the amount of information that they provided with me. And for me, information is such a valuable tool because it expands your awareness. And so if you have somebody who's an ally educating, empowering, and who was also giving you the space and the grace to make your own decision. Because I could have had a hospital birth with my midwife there. I could have had, I could have made all of these different choices. And what choosing to do a home birth, choose that that was a choice that felt right in the line for me. And that was an experience that I'm so, so grateful for because of the lessons that I learned about myself through the process. Like there is no greater gift of growth than, than birthing your child, period. No matter how you give birth. Yeah. No, that's, that's so good. That's everything that I was looking for, man. You had mentioned something really quick about don't make decisions out of your programming or something like that. Well, how do you determine what is programming and what is true? I guess, because there's so much like propaganda out there, so much programming for for all sorts of different topics. But when you're reading something um, or you encounter a belief that you have about birth, how do you know it isn't from that? And it is something that you should be pursuing. Yeah, I love that question. It's I would say it's checking your emotional response. Hmm. Is it a response that produces the emotion of fear? Or is it a, res- a fear and anxiety? Or is it a response that promotes the emotion of possibility, of options, of choice, of, of freedom, of expansion? Like when you feel a choice that feels good for you, it will feel a bit expansive. It will feel, it will feel like it's kind of emerging forth from um, in, in most of my clients when they're feeling out how decisions are made and when they're exposed to different types of propaganda or societal conditioning or what I call plagiarized programming, 
when they're exposed to that, there's a, there's a contractive feeling and you can literally feel it's like your bioenergetic field is actually like contracting or it's expanding. And so if you're tuned in, if you're breathing into your body and if you allow yourself to just sit with the thought, does it feel like an expansive choice or does it feel like something that's restrictive? And this was how I've made, because with my first son, I wasn't so sure about giving birth in a home. I had thought for sure I was going to give birth at Cedar sinai Hospital. And because that was just like the nice, nice, the really, it's a really nice hospital in Los Angeles. And I had met with some of the, the OBGYNs and after our conversation, I just felt this contractive feeling of like lack of choice. And I didn't like that. And it was a feeling. And so there's a feeling of, and it's not for everybody because I was referred to there by, by some friends who had some amazing experiences and birthing experiences, but you will know it by the feeling and you will know it if it's right for you by the feeling. Does it produce a contractive feeling of fear where you actually feel like you're kind of getting small um, or does it feel like an expansion, an opening, a possibility, um, a new level of awareness that you haven't been aware of? a new uh, option, something that kind of is almost exciting to, to learn or discover or explore. If it ignites your curiosity to explore more, follow that. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. I can just feel that when you're talking to me like, oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. I've been there. It's a hundred percent of feeling yeah. though. It's not going to be up here. Right. It's like, and that's why I say breathe into your body and you'll feel it normally. Most of my clients feel it in like either their heart space or their solar plexus space. And this area right in here in the chest and solar plexus chakras, like the heart chakra is very one for opening. And, and there's tons of, of scientific studies from Heart Math Institute on like heart resonance. And then solar plexus typically is like the place of personal power where, where a lot of people feel personal power. And so those two areas, you'll feel that kind of resonating from your heart and from that space. So interesting, man. Well, thank you, Kim, so much. This has been so great. And it's good to see your face again. It's been a little while and I just appreciate yeah. you taking your time to come on here and share your story. Colton is adorable. <laughs> He is adorable. He's so, he's so cute. And he's just like, man, that smile just can melt. Oh, his smile when he connects and eye contact, like, I'm just like, I, I don't have to do anything the rest of the day. It's fine. I'll just yeah. stare. I'll just stare at you and just smile back. Oh, and there, there is no, oh, there's no greater feeling. Oh, I love that so much. Well, thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful night. You too, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. 